Kia ora and welcome to my daily podcast. I'm Bernard Hickey and this goes out every day with my email newsletter called The Kaka in which I look at geopolitics and Aotearoa's political economy with a view to checking out housing and affordability, climate change in action and poverty reduction. Today I wanted to look at how the government, through the Reserve Bank, is sending billions of dollars of taxpayers' money to the banks, the big private banks who are making upwards of $7 billion a year in profits and paying that to their mostly Australian shareholders. You may ask, well, how on earth does that happen? Surely the government doesn't have to pay interest to Australian banks, certainly not on uh, not on on uh, government bonds. Well, uh, there is a way that this is happening, and it's been uh, revealed in a series of articles by Janae Tibshraini at NZ Herald. She has uh, obtained Official Information Act uh, information on how much the Reserve Bank is going to be paying in interest to the banks on their cash settlement accounts with the Reserve Bank of New Zealand over the next four years or so. It's likely to be around $3 billion. Now this is on top of the nearly $20 billion worth of cheap loans that the Reserve Bank has given the banks. You might recall during the COVID crisis at the end of 2020, the Reserve Bank set up a thing called the Funding for Lending Programme which was to lend at relatively long terms to the banks at very cheap rates, effectively the same as the official cash rate. So for a good chunk of 2021, that was at 0.25%. Meantime, the banks who are in a position where when they have spare money at the end of every day, they have to put it into a cash settlement account with the Reserve Bank. Just as at the end of my day, if I have some spare money, I leave it in a, what I used to call a checking account, a transactional account with my bank. Now, I don't expect to get interest on that. There may be some accounts that pay interest on uh, on uh, transaction accounts, but they're pretty rare for most of us. But the cash settlement accounts that the banks have with the Reserve Bank do receive interest, and it's at the official cash rate. And you could argue, well, what's that problem? Surely the banks don't uh, have an awful lot of money with the Reserve Bank in cash settlement accounts. Well, it's actually much larger than you'd think, and it has grown spectacularly in the last three years. Why? It's all about the Reserve Bank's quantitative easing program. Now, you may have heard of this, sometimes referred to as money printing. This is where... At the beginning of the COVID crisis, the Reserve Bank invented money and bought government bonds on the secondary financial markets. So what does that mean? So normally the government borrows money from pension funds and banks. It issues bits of paper called bonds and the cash is given to the government to do whatever it's going to do. Obviously, during the COVID crisis, the government was running big deficits and borrowing money. And that, uh, that money was borrowed from banks and pension funds. Now, at the same time, the Reserve Bank 
was inventing money and going out into these secondary markets and buying these bits of paper, handing over freshly invented cash to the banks for this paper. Now, the aim of this was to lower long-term interest rates and to ensure that fixed mortgage rates, in particular, came down. And they did, to as low as 1.99% during parts of 2020 and early 2021. And that uh, was effective at rescuing the economy, essentially using the wealth effect in the housing market, because a lot of that money that was lended, uh, lent out to the community was done in mortgages. In fact, when you look at the, uh, the banking system's lending during the first two years of COVID, net, it was all into the mortgage market. It wasn't actually that much lent to businesses because they actually were doing okay and had also received $20 billion in cash from the government in the form of wage subsidies, which they kept largely. So the Reserve Bank invented up to $55 billion to buy these government bonds and to pay that cash to the banks. Now, the banks couldn't really use it. They lent out some of it, but not all of it, and in effect had to recycle that money and put it back into their settlement accounts with the Reserve Bank. So their settlement accounts went from 6 to $7 billion before COVID to around about $53 billion at the end of January, according to the Reserve Bank data that we have. Now, that's not too much of a problem when the official cash rate is naught or close to it. It was 0.25% for quite a chunk of time. But of course, interest rates have been increased significantly in the last year, starting in October of 2021, and now they're at 4.75%. The Reserve Bank is still paying 4.75% on those settlement accounts. And this is a question that has come up in the last six months or so, in part because of a academic paper released by a former Bank of England deputy governor asking the question, why don't governments reduce that interest rate on those cash settlement accounts to avoid having to pay money unnecessarily to banks. And this was a question put by Finance Minister Grant Robertson, largely because it had been reported on by Janae Tibshraney in October. He asked the Reserve Bank and the Treasury for advice on, hey guys, why don't we just cut the interest that we pay on these settlement accounts to the banks? The Reserve Bank, initially in interviews with Janae, but also in advice to the government, said that uh, uh, this would make the Reserve Bank look too close to the government, that it would also uh, frustrate the Reserve Bank's efforts to fight inflation. Because when the banks weren't getting quite so much money and interest from the government, they would be more likely to reduce the interest they themselves pay to savers in the form of term deposit rates. So when you lower term deposit rates for average savers, in theory this means they will save less and consume more, thus adding to consumption demand upwards on inflation. And that was the argument that came back from the Reserve Bank. If you forced us to cut those interest rates on settlement accounts, it would make it harder for us to flight inflation. What they're actually meaning there is if they did it, they would have to increase the official cash rate 
by, <clears throat> by more than would otherwise be the case. So in effect, the uh, subsidy which the government is providing to the banks, which at this stage is at least $3 billion over the next four years, and currently is running at a rate of about $2 billion a year. And that's on top of the nearly $20 billion worth of cheap lending through funding for lending that the Reserve Bank is still doing to the banks. Now, that program has has stopped issuing new loans, but there's still several years of these loans to run. And it's it's clear that the, the loans are given to the banks at cheap rates and are then typically lent out by the banks into the mortgage market and is partly responsible for the house prices that we have. So the question is, should the government and the Reserve Bank continue to essentially provide billions of dollars of taxpayers' money to the banks who are already making a profit of $7 billion? You're effectively handing over $2 billion in taxpayers' hard-earned money to Australian bank shareholders. Now, this, um, you could argue, is the price you have to pay to fight inflation and also to keep our banking system nice and profitable and stable. However, it also means that the government is having to make choices not to spend money elsewhere. And we see this all the time. For example, today there's a report that um, a slight increase in the benefits paid to people who need emergency dental care has been taken up dramatically over the last six months or so because there is huge unmet demand for dental care and a campaign to make uh, dental publicly funded for all is underway. The government says that it can't make dental publicly funded for all because it can't afford it. We're talking about several hundred million dollars here, a fraction of the $2 billion being paid out to the banks in interest on these cash settlement accounts. Cash settlement accounts, by the way, that most of us uh, would not receive interest from the banks on. Uh, Secondly, um, it's not just the money that isn't being spent on uh, various very useful things, uh, for example, uh, dental, uh, but that argument the government can't afford it is used to, for example, go slow on infrastructure spending, go slow on climate change, uh, uh, adaptation measures and climate emissions reduction measures. There is always a government minister saying, we have to make choices, we can't afford to do everything, Uh, we can't afford to do this this year. However, it can afford to provide $2 billion in uh, interest payments, which are not necessary as well as subsidised loans to banks which are incredibly profitable and which are focused mostly on lending that money into the housing market to keep house prices high. So when you consider the trade-offs here and the government's logic and its decisions, it is effectively preferring the interests of homeowners over the interests of other taxpayers who don't own homes. So if I'm a renter, I'm paying income tax and GST. Some of that is being passed on to the banks to keep mortgage rates slightly lower than they otherwise would be the case. And there will be a group of people who are not owned homeowners, so they don't own a home, but they do have money in term deposits. And they will also be the effective losers in this policy. 
Now, most people who have money in term deposits also own a home, so they're therefore you know, winning, on, uh, winning on one hand and losing on the other net. They may still be better off. But certainly renters who are regularly told there is no money in the kitty for increased benefits, there is no money in the kitty for public transport, there is no money in the kitty for publicly funded dental care, are in effect paying more than $2 billion a year to subsidise banks, which are already very profitable, and to keep interest rates lower than they otherwise would be, to keep house prices higher than they otherwise would be. I'm Bernard Hickey. A big hat tip to Janae Tipshraney from New Zealand Herald for pointing out this story and doing the work to get the Official Information Act documents showing that both Treasury and the Reserve Bank have recommended that the government not cut those interest rates on cash settlement accounts. And the government is, at this point, accepting that advice. In my view, the government should cut those interest rates on cash settlement accounts, and the government should also wind down, as fast as it can, the funding for lending program of subsidised loans for banks. Not only because is it no longer necessary, but it also erodes the social licence, if you like, of renters who are taxpayers, who are regularly told that their hard-earned money is being given away to people who aren't deserving. Well, more than $2 billion is being paid to banks who are certainly already profitable and strong. Now, secondly, there's another um, good story that's come out today. In fact, a series of stories that have come out over the last week from Guy and Espiner, the uh, reporter at RNZ who's done a series of investigations into lobbying with detail obtained from Official Information Act requests showing the activities of lobbyists in close contact with ministers and MPs in the Labour government. It again makes the point that our lobbyists are not regulated or monitored in the same way that they are overseas and that we have a revolving door policy which allows ministers, bureaucrats, uh, political operatives to bounce back and forth between lobbying and government without any restrictions, unlike in other countries where you have up to five years of effectively not being able to jump from one to the other. And again, I'm arguing that we should have regulations governing, governing our lobbyists and regulations stopping immediate revolving door moves from regulators to regulated, from uh, politics to business, and back and forth. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was The Kaka, my daily podcast that goes out with an email newsletter every day on Substack for paying subscribers. I've decided to open this one up, given the public interest involved, and i like to thank the subscribers to The Kaka who support my work doing this type of uh, political economy, journalism and the public interest on housing affordability, climate change in action and poverty. Kaki te anō.